Welcome back, everyone, to the Frustrated Fan. Frustrated Fan, or Ventilation, one exposition-filled movie at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. Get out of my laboratory! No. <laughs> so, we decided, uh, after Turtle Months, uh, we wanted to go back to basics and look at some of one of the cartoons he, uh, Jeremy and I both kind of grew up with. And that is Dexter's Lab. Now, for most of my childhood, pretty much till high school, I didn't really have cable, so I missed out on some of the shows that a lot of people in our age bracket took for granted, especially most everything that ran on Nickelodeon. But, when my parents finally got a satellite dish, okay, not cable, satellite, we had limited channels, and one of them was Cartoon Network. And this is where, at the time, this is where Cartoon Network was really hitting its stride. It wasn't just a network for showing old cartoons anymore. Even that's what this channel launched with. They were starting to generate their own custom programming. And the first major series of this um, was called Dexter's Lab. Yeah, I I remember watching it, like, bits and pieces of it um, as it aired and everything. And, I, I mean... It's been a long time since I've watched this show, and I kind of just kind of remembered the, like the basics of it. It's Dexter's a little kid who's a boy genius, and he has a secret la- gigantic laboratory in his house, and uh, he has a sister Dee Dee that runs in and breaks everything, and somehow can't he can't seem to keep her out. Mm-hmm. Um, either that, or maybe he wants her to break stuff, so he has stuff to do because apparently he does nothing in there, but. And then I remember there was an episode where his, he and Dee Dee and his parents, they all control a giant robot and save the day. And then his parents are like, we need to talk about this laboratory of yours. And then he's like, look at the flashy thing and uh, erase their memory. And then mm-hmm. I remember there was a villain, Mandark, who was Dexter's rival and laughed and had a funky laugh. And that's pretty much all I remember about the show. For me, I really enjoyed the series, and for what it was, I thought it was actually pretty clever, fairly funny. There were some good, snuck-in adult jokes, and um, but if you actually sit down and watch the series, Dee Dee's kind of a jackass. Her brother is generally, while he has his own mad scientist moments, he's more of a gentle creator, and she comes in and wrecks his crap for no good reason, because it gives her fun. And he has to spend a lot of time rebuilding it. I'm not knocking the series overall. It's just it's kind of disturbing to realize as an adult, Dee Dee's kind of a jerk. Yeah, like, I never understood why she likes running around and breaking his stuff. Because it gives the plot something to do. Oh, okay, there we go. Pretty much. <laughs> then we do have um, we do have obviously, as you mentioned, the Mandark Dexter's rival. Who is, he's arguably as smart as Dexter, but a little less, uh, got a little less moral compo- compunctions as Dexter does. So. And, uh, Mandark is a lo- in love with Dee Dee, apparently. For reasons beyond our understanding. Yeah. So the series basically went for two, basically two seasons, as I recall. 
Yep, two seasons total. And then it uh, started. It first debuted on April 28, 1996, and ended on June 15, 1998, with the episode you mentioned, the Dexter's family, where they control all control a giant robot. And then following that, in 1999, we have today's discussion, what we have in the TV movie called Ego Trip. And that was supposed to be the intended series finale. However, Cartoon Network unfortunately revived it in 2001 with none of the original staff, except voice cast, and it sucked. It lacked, it lacked, it lacked a lot of that Janowarski charm that made the series a lot of fun. And kind of just... That they compl- had a complete redesign, and everything was felt more like it was getting animated in Adobe Flash, and it just felt hollow from what it was before. So the series crashed, the ratings crashed, and only lasted two more seasons. For thank God for that. But today so, we're going to be talking about the kind of a it, it's a sh- very sh- it's a short movie, but it's just under an hour. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's just two. It's two episodes of the show. It was an hour and a half with when you throw in commercials. Mm. So, so it's kind of self-contained. We get our. Uh, admittedly, this could have fall. This could fall anywhere in the series, really. Um, but the whole plot is. How do we go over this? So Dexter's in his lab and. Dee Dee breaks in, or no, and Mandark breaks in and tries to steal, apparently, Dexter's most prized creation thing, which he just kind of leaves right at the entrance to the lab, so, you know, uh, good on yeah. him. It's called a, quote, Neotomic Protocore, and we don't know what it does, only it's that it's a, uh, a MacGuffin, yep. pretty much. It's a plot device, yep. ultimately. It's what to move, the, uh, it's what it move things along. Yeah, and so Mandark tries to steal it. Dexter kicks his ass with a wrench, and then Dee Dee breaks in, and then he's like, "No, get out!" And for some reason, she just kind of leaves. Well, yeah, argument. yeah. She leaves with no argument, and she walks right into his time machine, and we don't see her till the very end of the movie. And I'm sure her walking into the time machine won't have any importance in the plot at all. Of course not. Spoiler: It does. So right after Dee Dee leaves. Uh, Five robots come out of the time machine. Colored red, which is different because most of Man- uh, Dexter's stuff on the series design was blue. And they're basically they're said they're here to destroy the one that saved the future. And Dexter knows it must be him, so he suits up in a couple of different inventions. He's got a bodysuit, he's got a robot suit he can jump into, uh, kind of mech warrior style, and he's got a giant freaking robot. And he wrecks their crap. And congratulates himself for breaking the robots who really didn't even try and actually hurt him. He's a very humble character. And he's like, wow, if they're here to destroy the one who saved the future, a.k.a. me, I must be really cool in the future. But the future's taking too long, so I want to jump ahead in time and see uh, how cool I am. Well, he goes to the future and he finds out how cool he isn't. Yeah. He finds a skinny, little, nerdy version of himself, or more nerdy. Well, first he emerges in what he assumes is a laboratory, but apparently his parents have must have moved in, in the intervening years. 
And I'll hit what's left of the lab is converted into someone else's uh, rec room. Excellent. Yeah. Weird. And this other family are like, who the hell are you and what are you doing in our house? And rightfully so. And they ask him what his number is. Do they ever explain hmm. the number thing? I think it's supposed to be just the first indication of something's not right. Um, that is a dystopian feature. Identify with numbers instead of names. But that's all we know. All we know. Since, um, and when he can't identify with this number, the they call the police and the police chase him out into the street. And Dexter runs right into a security robot who identifies him as number twelve. Okay, fair enough. And then he, he takes number twelve, young Dexter, back to his office. Yep, and Dexter's like, oh, I must, you must be taking me to my super laboratory, and everything's fine, and even though you're taking me to this giant building shaped like an M, which goes against the fact that yeah. I probably wouldn't make it, that's perfectly fine. He's, uh, he's, he's not very bright in this part. No, both, all the major characters here, um, uh, in this and the series and a whole other they can miss really miss really obvious signs that something's gone wrong. <laughs> um, so Dexter's thrown in a cubicle where he meets his now old, slightly older self. Uh, this is probably him right out of college, I would guess. So what, twenties? Yeah. This is after his soul has been destroyed by the corporate world. Yep. Oh, oh, you made me sad. Yep. So that's right, folks. He's working <laughs> at Activision. He, he's working on the next Call of Duty EA. game. He's working on the next Call of Duty game. I would argue EA, but in the meantime, before, we'll get back to who's right. Okay, after. he's working on the next Madden game. Fine. Ah. Yes! Yes! With this all-powering neuroatomic protocol in my possession, I will make the world mine! So we're introduced to the slightly older Dexter by he sleeps in his cube, completely naked. Yeah, this series has a thing for getting clothes off his characters. This series, this movie, there are there are so much like just random butt in this movie, and it's just ugh. There's an entire episode uh, of the series, dude, where Dexter is wearing a special helmet that lets him speed up time so he can be ready for school in time by the bus gets here. Mm-hmm. And a good portion of it is him showering, and we get just, yeah, all that covers him is a fig leaf. The series has a thing for put, getting Dexter out of his clothes, okay? And then in this one, it takes it to a whole nother level, because he's dressed, and then he's yelled at by his mysterious boss, whose voice we totally can't recognize, for being almost late. And so he's called into his boss's office, and we find out it's Mandark, who is... Also unclothed, and we get nice big shot of Mandark ass. Thank you. Well, in a speedo, thank God. Uh, at the very so least. So then he decides to capture and strip Dexter down to his underwear. God damn it! And starts whipping him, and with a laser whip of some sort. What? What? What the hell? That was. Where's human resources here? No way! This was going to be the series finale because Tartakovsky's like Cartoon Network's going to take one look at this thing and be like, we don't want any more of this. Moreover, yeah, and this is where we both got our joke, who's, who's he working for? Is it Activision or EA? God. Hmm. I, That's a tough call. I say Activision. 
I can just imagine Bobby Kotick whipping people, be like, you work on more Call of Duty! I I see AEA, because we've heard a lot in the last decade or so about their employee practices, which is not... Which, as I'm sure... Which, uh, they they always came out every couple years and say they're their acts together again, and they don't treat their employees like lemmings. How many years but, in a row were they voted, like, the worst company in America? Point well taken. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I don't buy EA games anymore, so. I don't, because they just don't put out anything I like. So it has nothing... It's all sports games. Why do I care? Yeah. The last EA game I think I bought was uh, Mass Effect 3, and that was 2012. And Activision, yeah, you're not getting... You're no better at this. Well, I don't think... We're not sure if your working conditions are as bad as EA's were. Uh, yeah, you you tend to, the way the rate you turn out games makes us wonder if this isn't what we're seeing in your behind your offices. <laughs> well, the, okay, so they they annualize the Call of Duty games. They have I think three, maybe four studios working on it. So each game each year is from a different studio. Christ. Yeah. This is this is the Superman comic books all over again, isn't it? Pretty much. At, for the for those who don't get the joke, DC at one point had four Superman books coming out one a, one a week during the nineties. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So so back to the whipping. Wait. Oh god. Uh, wait, let's well, see. when a problem comes along, you must whip it. <laughs> when now it that song will never leave your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of fell into my evil side there. <laughs> so. Dexter is uh, sent back to his cubicle and told to start typing, and he goes, I created these cubicles. So he heard that sort of the cube form. Somehow his voice got higher as he got older. I'm not really sure how that works, but okay. Yeah, this is the thing of the character. Like, he has some kind of accent in the entire franchise, and we don't know quite what it is. Matt Scientist. I've always... Well, I've always guessed Eastern European myself, but... Like I said, mad scientist. Huh? Oh, wait, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> Which, considering most people, when they develop their lingu- particular linguistic accent, comes from the area they're raised in. And he was raised um, in, sub- like, suburban utopia. Unknown, suburban unknown United States is the implication. So, yeah, where does he get to see your accent? We will never know. It's one of the great mysteries of our time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Mandark whips the crap out of him, sends him back to his cubicle, and the two Dexters meet. The young Dexter, uh, who is maybe a foot tall, and... <laughs> Bitches out the older Dexter. And there is something so awesome about... We were joking, like, if our younger selves came back to bitch ourselves out, I'm, I'm not sure how we'd react. Actually, my younger self would come here and be like, Ooh, you got more video games as you got older. <laughs> I think my younger Mine self... would be like, why aren't you working in an office yet? <laughs> why aren't you married? Why don't you have a dog? Like, shut up, you little bastard. Do you have a dog? <laughs> no, I don't, actually. Oh. But yeah, so he bitches him out, and he's like, We must go to the future to find out what awesome stuff we did, and... They leave the uh, MacGuff- MacGuffin item just kind of sitting out in the open, which... Right. It's not like Mandark hasn't been looking for this for years. And it's not like he, they... he doesn't have a camera in every single... Oh, wait. Yeah. So 
So they leave the one thing they should not leave behind for Maynard to get his grimy little paws on. Oops. Oops. So and they 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 go far they go all the way to the far future where Dexter's an old man to find the world is kind of cool. The supposed utopia. But they go to the future where everything is awesome. Well, for Dexter at least, we go. They go to the future. They find not everyone dresses like Dexter. Everyone kind of thinks like Dexter. People kind of look a little bit like him. This is getting a little creepy. Yeah, we were both realizing, like, wait a minute, this is Utopia, and I'm not saying it's, uh, it, I mean, this Utopia does sound pretty cool. You can, you've got, everyone's wearing some sort of mental, uh, headband, I guess the best way to put it, that they can materialize anything out of thin air. Yep, and so they, everyone appreciates knowledge, and, yeah. uh, it's like, it's okay, but everyone's dressed like Dexter, and like you said, kind of thinks like Dexter. Yeah. It's kind of and there's the and there's then there's the museum uh, guide who they, they the two Dexters materialize in a museum dedicated to Dexter, which is also kind of creepy because Mandark's brain is in there in a jar. That's kind of creepy. So they find mm-hmm. old man. Dexter. Would it be more or less well? Would it be more or less creepy if it was like one of the Futurama heads in the jars? <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Yeah. So they, anyway, you were saying they find old man Dexter who. Uh, Hi, Billy. Hi, Billy. And he can't remember how he saved the world because he's an old man and old people can't remember things. And, ooh, look at that butterfly over there. Somehow he shrank. Yeah, and so he shrank back. And while it is true that human beings do lose a little bit of their height when they get into their older stages of life. He's a friggin' midget. Yeah, he's shorter than the main Dexter. (laughs) So they go back in time again. Now, now they go back in time, and he's like, Dexter, we have to go back. And uh, I can hear Doc Brown screaming somewhere about paradoxes. Yeah, so they go to a weird, freaky world where people live in mud houses, and they're stupid, and they don't know how to make fire, and they use square... Don't go about New Jersey that way. <laughs> Who knew that hell existed, oh. and it was in New Jersey? <laughs> Oh, if there's any actual New Jersey people out there listening, okay, well, I am sorry for making fun of you, but... Oh, I thought you were going to say, I'm sorry you live there. Well, I'm not that sorry, okay? <laughs> I have relatives who and, live in New Jersey, actually. Well, we lost all one one or two listeners, right? There we go. Um, I, okay, we are sorry for characterizing your society that way. Yeah. So, don't worry, Texas is worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they find a bunch of stupid people and they're like, "We know not how to make fire." And Dexter goes, "I show you how to make fire." And he steals part of a dude's beard and makes fire. And then robots show up and go, "Making fire is forbidden. We shoot you now." And then all of a sudden, this people live. This mysterious hero appears who wields a giant wrench, and we totally. Don't know who this is until they show up. We know who this is. It's Dexter. Uh, he's bald and he's got a beard and he's stacked like a brick house. <laughs> and he goes, and he explains that Mandark took over, the, tried to take over the world, and so in order to escape, he dug and dig and dig and dug and dig and no, dug and dig and dug. He first says he went underground, and it's literal. He goes underground. He goes underground, he, and he just kind of kept digging for some reason, and. 
it yeah ge- he generated a beard and became bald and the two younger dexters are like wait bald they look at the old dexter and he pulls off his toupee and he goes <laughs> yeah so they they realize that now since the old dexter the the badass you know dystopian hero dexter realizes that he didn't know that the lab was still still existed they realize that maybe they have the tools they need to take Mandark down for good. So you're saying they have the tools, they have the talent, it's root beer time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, they go to the old lab, and they build themselves a battle robot controlled by four of them. Yep. And at the very last thing they do is open root beer on ice. Yep. Hence, root beer time. That didn't come off very well. Oh, well. <laughs> So, and of course it's root beer because it's a cartoon, which I'm thinking, I want to see a cartoon at one point where instead of root beer, it just says not real beer. (laughs) So they get in the robot and they head off to Mandark's fortress and they fight off other robots and eventually their robot is destroyed as it destroys the other robots, but they destroy their way through to Mandark's lair and we find big fat Ass, literally, oh, God. and dark, and, and they like showing it. Oh my God, what is wrong with this movie? Uh, and oh, and as they're attacking, Mandark sees them. But there's something about this movie. There's a lot of exposition in this movie because you get all oh, the God. different Dexter's like explaining what happened, explaining the future, explaining this part. You get the guy explaining like, oh, we can do this in the future, and then dystopian. Hero Dexter is like, this is how the dystopia future happened. And then as they're on their way to fight Mandark, he literally exposits what we just watched. He's like, there's now four Dexters and they're coming to fight me after creating a giant robot? I'm like, we literally just saw them do this. Why are you explaining this again? This is exposition trip, the movie. This is a thing with Todoroski and his, and he, and his apprentice animation makers. Have you noticed this? Tarowski is he likes exposition is a thing in his stuff, um, whether it's this or Samurai Jack, or Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the good series, or uh, if we look at one of his one of his direct students, aka Craig McCracken, who was famous for Powerpuff Girls, and Foster's Home for Adventure Friends, and the recent uh, Wander Over Yonder, yeah, exposition is a thing. So, so they, the Mandark is go. like, I will summon the other three Mandarks, and so we get young Mandark, and we get business suit Mandark, and we get brain in a jar Mandark, and uh, a they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, and fight, 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 fight. <laughs> this action sequence is dumb. No, I mean you've got you've got the youngest pair. Doing the cliched nerd fighting. Yep. Like slap fighting. You get... You've got the oldest pair who don't really do anything but insult each other, which, and that's actually kind of funny. I, I would like to point out, old man, the old, old Dexter calls Mandark two different two different uh, euphemisms for penis. <laughs> he calls him a shimagegi, which is Yiddish for dick, and then he calls him a ding-dong. And we'll get to the other two after our next break. Yep. So how many synonyms did you come up with, Dick, over the break? Many. Yes. Many, many. And they didn't use any of them, did they? It was a very, it's a very long list, and I thought very hard about it. <laughs> 
So that just leaves uh, the weak, slightly older Mandark, uh, who, or and well, the business Mandark versus the slightly weaker Dexter. Yeah. We'll come to him and them in a moment, and that leaves the super fat Dexter versus the stack Dexter. The super fat Mandark gets around by having a crane lift him up by his speedo. Uh, at least it covers him. But yeah, like, but it's basically you see what, his ass. Uh, what man would want a perpetual wedgie? Mandark, apparently. Who my? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, they fight, and then we get, and then all the Dexters start to lose, and. Well, we gotta go for the. And, we have to drop about make the puberty joke here. Yeah, drop. so wimpy, Oops. wimpy Dexter gets uh, literally just slapped, and then he gets his glasses taken away, and then Mandark drops him on the floor, and he's like, "My glasses!" And then Mandark steps on him, and that's the last straw, and he finally gets up, and we hear doop doop, and all of a sudden his voice his voice cracks and breaks and drops, and he beats the living crap out of Mandark and goes. Yeah, we must stop his machine, and uh, we're like, oh, well, somebody's balls finally dropped. Pretty much, and we see the ghost of like various predator animals come out of him too. Like, yeah, tapping into his inner puberty uh, hit him like a brick, and then hit Mandark like a brick. Yep. <laughs> his fist. And so then, when they find out, all they have to do is press a button to stop to uh, reverse the effects of the uh, MacGuffin. And so right. all of them run towards the button, and they all start tackling each other, and young Dexter is about to press the button. They're all cheering him on. And then all of a sudden, Dee Dee walks out and presses the green button and goes, ooh, button! Presses it, and then leaves in. And that's her only line <laughs> in the entire movie. <laughs> yep. And then uh, everything, all of Mandark's stuff is broken, people are made not stupid again, and his... Fortress explodes, because of course it does, and then Dexter, of course, you know, celebrates that everything's okay. No, he doesn't. He, they're all like, Dee Dee, goddammit, you screwed everything he up. I want stole to his thunder. Yeah, so they, he, they all create an army of robots to go destroy her and just tell, but tell them, go destroy the one that saved the future. And they're like, well, this is fine. And then they waste about half a minute going, bye, Dexter. And, Goodbye, Billy. Yep. And so then Dexter goes back to his own time and watches himself destroy the robots and goes, wait a minute, I just sent those back, which means that that set caused me to go to the future, which set this action in motion, and suddenly I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> so basically, Dexter created this whole thing to this whole thing to uh, uh, on his own, and it's in one giant time loop. Yeah. The question is, is the future changeable, or do we even care at this point? I don't think we care. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't give a damn. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie to sit down and watch, because it's got a lot of fun moments. But it, at the end, it's just one long episode. Yeah. It's okay. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I thought some of it was a little, like, I don't know. Dexter's voice kind of grates on me after a little bit. Um, well, there's a reason the show was only a half hour in the original. Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. It was a, This was a fun little sidetrack, and it was definitely right. better than... Uh, it's a good way to end the series, too. Yeah, and this was definitely better than the last thing we watched, you know, which was Michael Bay's martial arts practicing uh, reptiles. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, our last shot on the movie is Dexter at not caring about the whole time causality thing and eating a sandwich, and Dee Dee walks up to him and 
Dexter stomps off because he's mad. And Dee Dee doesn't know why. What was her trip in Through Time like? You know, I'd actually like to see a movie about that. <laughs> so, oh no, is this movie fun? Like we said, it's fun, but it's just a longer episode, ultimately. It's not bad, but even Entertainment Weekly, when they reviewed it, called it drawn out. So. The one big disappointment for me here is that the series was known for introducing other segments uh, alongside the main Dexter's Lab cartoon. We had Dial M for Monkey, which was about a superhero monkey who lives in Dexter's laboratory. As one tends to do. Yeah. Well, for Dexter, he's an ordinary lab monkey, but when the world needs him, he transforms into a superhero. As and then there was to do. <laughs> and then the other major segment was called The Justice Friends, which was literally a parody of both Marvel and DC, uh, with a trio of superheroes who had to face ordinary life. With uh, Major Glory, which was a parody of Captain America, Val Holland, a Thor parody, and the infragable Krunk. That does sound familiar. A Hulk parody. But we don't see these guys in the movie at all. And compared to like the, the series finale that happened before this, the last episode of season two, which brought all of the characters into the same universe together, it's kind of disappointing that Ego Trip couldn't uh, put, put these guys in there here. Although most of these guys would reappear, most of these superheroes anyway would reappear in the Powerpuff Girls from time to time. Yeah, these characters look familiar. Yeah. So yeah, that's extra secret trip. Is it fun? Yeah. Is it just? But it's ultimately a longer episode. Unfortunately, as we mentioned, this series got revived after this, and that may be a. Maybe a, a podcast episode another day. Yeah, because I don't think I ever saw any of the revival version, like the third or fourth seasons. Don't bother. They're bad. <laughs> I mean, we just talked about how this, this series has an obsession with nudity. The, next, the first episode of season three to premiere that wasn't under the main crew literally is about Dexter trying to get home from school because a laser he invented from space to clean clean any stains that came off his clothes got up to power and is literally erasing his clothes. So by the time he gets home, he's naked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and friggin' fantastic. Well, at least they carry on the tradition. So, what, what do you want to do next? Um, we haven't done anime in a while, but this is we can keep it. Well... So I was on uh, Amazon. I found interesting stuff on there, as I tend to do. And I discovered that... Uh, Pete, did you know that RoboCop got a four-part miniseries in Canada? Uh, no. Well, it did. And it has the production value of an FMV game for the Sega CD. Oh my! That good, huh? Oh yeah, that's wonderful. Is it interlaced and? Uh, no. Well, the the video quality is a little bit better, but uh, actually, so I'd say FMV game on the 3DO. It actually, it actually takes up the whole screen. Wow. Yep. And so, so you want to? I'd say we. Is it related to the movies or the terrible TV show or? Uh, it takes place shows. after the movies. Ah. And, uh, 
And so I say we go with the quote-unquote pilot, which is Dark Justice. (laughs) Why not? We'll go back to the RoboCop franchise for a bit. Dead or alive, you're coming with us. Wait a minute. I'm still here fighting those robots, but wait. Those are the robots I just built to get dizzy or we'll build in the future. But now I'm about to destroy them before I even decide to go into the future. So that means when I came back, I came back too far back before I ever left. So I must have come nine or they were... Oh, forget it. Time travel hurts on my brain. 